Hi, I'm Tiana Haley, an actress and faith-based screenplay writer. I've overcome narcissistic abuse, physical abuse, legal abuse, financial abuse, and sexual abuse. While I haven't seen justice in all these areas, my way of justice is spreading awareness and sharing the stories of individuals who are thriving after the trauma and devastation of abuse. Dr. Miles Monroe wrote, where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. So join me as we reconnect with our purpose, reclaim our authentic selves, reclaim our authority, and rediscover healthy coping mechanisms to restore our souls to a place of resilience. The date is Saturday, January 4th, 2020. Today on our podcast, I will discuss an article regarding healing from abuse, and we will have a short devotional title, Filthy Racks. In life, you don't get everything that you want. And sometimes it seems like I'm wearing a cloud Over my head Raining down on my shoulders But it's okay, I don't care Cause I know this will soon be over Cause that's what you say And what you say I believe So I'm wearing a smile And from here on now I'll keep dancing in the rain And that is the lovely Nina Sims. And you can download a copy of this from Spotify or iTunes. And that song is called Dancing in the Rain. And thank you, Mr. Joshua Dillard, for allowing me to use this. I'm sorry. We're going to transition to our segment for today. And it's going to be inspiration for 2020. It's a yeah, whole yeah. new year, a whole new decade. Yeah. 2020. So- well, I was like, I was a howling baby in the back. You need to change that right now. Change his diaper or something because he's out like he's crazy. And that don't make sense how people don't whoop the kids because I hear the kid in the back like that. And uh, I just don't, you know, the, the Bible talks about uh, spare, spare the ribs. I mean, spare the rod while I'm hungry. Spare the, you know, you know, you need to whoop your kids. That's the thing. I think I know. And I mean, the girl, but with it, that child howling. Well, look, I mean, uh, we, okay, that's just really not a good point because right now you can't even whoop your tools. You know, they have laws right. about spanking. That's right. That's right. Well, you can't whoop them, but you, know, you punish him. Uh, well, he's still hiding. And it's, it's getting on my nerves, but that's all right. We, okay, punish them how? If they don't have a PlayStation or, or you know, a, a tablet, what, what do you do? What do you do? Well, they just have nothing but you know crackers. What you do? What do you do? You entertain the babies. You 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 sing to them, rap to them. You know, get them. You know. Okay, the, so that's out. how you punish them. You just stop singing and rapping to them. Well, that's not punishment, but it feels good to, to just stop and shut them the hello. Well, the hello up, hello, because hello they gonna keep on going if you don't do something to keep them entertained. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well, thank you so much for that inspiration for yes, 2020. God thank you. The name of the blog post is How to Rebuild Yourself After an Emotionally Abusive Relationship by Sophia Steppens. This topic has really been on my heart because the holidays have just come up, and I'm not going to lie. I had a hard time this holiday season because 
I began to have the withdrawal symptoms of being away from the abuser. And I'm not going to call him my abuser because he is not mine. I'm not claiming him, <laughs> okay? Uh, but the abuse is something I experienced with him or through him. But being away from him or them can be just the same as being with them, you know, depending depending on, on the length of, or the, of time you spent with them, um, where you can develop a negative self-talk, almost as if that abusive person is actually the person that's talking within you. Numerous posts from Facebook were climbing all up and down my timeline saying, beware of the narcissist ruining your holidays. I thought certainly I was exempt, but lo and behold, I broke minimal contact and allowed myself to go to dinner with the narcx when he offered. He swept me off my feet, pulled heartstrings, held family over my head as a drawing tool to convince me to be back with him again. He also said that he would break up with his current girlfriend. Long story short, he's still the same person. It was just five days before Christmas and the first spent without him and my heart and expectations of having family time and reconciliation with him were completely shattered. I felt betrayed, worthless, unvalued, manipulated, degraded, misled, strung along. And I felt I could never do enough or be enough to earn his love, while I loved him wholeheartedly and unconditionally for so many years. I held no value to him. Our children held no value to him. On the other side, of that, he was spending Christmas with another woman and her children who are not his own. This woman hails herself as a Christian author and a life coach to help abused women from the trauma of abuse. Meanwhile, she dates a man who currently manipulates, lies, denies any wrongdoing, is currently emotionally and financially abusive, using visitation as a means to terrorize me. So by chance, I get a Facebook friend suggestion from the abuser. This seems strange to me since my profile is not very obvious. So I went to block him and I decided that I was going to block her to his girlfriend. Then I see that she's included him, the narc ex, in her profile picture seated with her and her children on this recent Christmas. I blocked her and this whole event didn't phase me until later. I cried all the way up until New Year's Day. I was feeling the pain of not having him around or having another date with him to look forward to, especially around the holidays. Even though I physically removed myself from the relationship, my heart was still with him. Then I finally realized that it was time for me to take my heart out and to be responsible for my healing, not dependent upon him. So I purchased a book by Stephen Leboge called Finding Love After Heartbreak. I'm 50 pages in and I'm already loving it. The author of this book is concise and he cuts through all the debris and dead wood that you can get, where you can get off track and consume with. And before getting to the blog, I wanna remind all my listeners, we can become so obsessed in identifying what forms of abuse we've experienced and the characteristics of an abuser that we neglect our healing. Instead of focusing on unveiling who the abuser is, we need to rediscover ourselves and to learn to love ourselves again so we won't be prone to settle into unhealthy relationships in the future. And for me, I want to love again. So 
I have to free up all that negative residue of being in an emotionally unhealthy relationship for so long. I want all those toxins to be washed away. And being exposed to his poison or even reminding myself of the abuse again and again doesn't help it go away. So I want to pour in self-love. I want the love of God to pour into my soul. Back to our blog that encourages healing in five steps, which are to take your time, redraw your boundaries, forgive yourself, knowledge is power, and take back your story. So I'll go through these points with you and also give you my feedback. For the, so the first step is to take your time. And a segment of this section states, in an emotionally abusive relationship, time is often used to tie your attention, affection, and efforts to the abuser. Whether you were not allowed to hang out with a certain friend, told that you that your long-term dream was a waste of time or otherwise constantly questioned, controlled, and or gaslighted on the who, what, when, where, or the why of how you spent your time. Being out of that relationship can often feel more frightening than freeing, and that is completely normal. The next thing she discusses is to redraw your boundaries. And um, just the title alone, is self-explanatory. Having boundaries. Sometimes you think you have boundaries. Uh, no, you need to have better boundaries. You have to have reinforced boundaries. And I think, not to say I'm not a victim shamer or blamer, so I'm not here to victim shame or blame. However, and I'm not canceling out what I just said, <laughs> Whenever someone abusive comes into your life, that's a good time to evaluate your boundaries. Because shortly after time, they will steamroll your boundaries. They're just testing you to see what they can get away with. While you may be accustomed to having no boundaries or protection against that abusive person at all, or that person slowly comes around to erode your boundaries, this is the time you've got to draw a clear line in the sand. By giving your abuser re-entry, you never know if this time with them can be your last time or a life change or life changing for the worst. In my mind, any type of abuse is severe enough to go no contact with a person. If you have children, I suggest no contact. Um, now, I'm not an attorney, so I suggest you contact one regarding this if you have children with the abuser. No contact includes changing your phone number, blocking them from all social media, email accounts, apps, issuing a no trespass warrant to your local police against this person, talking with your apartment complex manager or supervisor to issue a no trespass warrant to this individual. And I'm not going to even lie. No contact will make the abuser go ballistic. So you will want to make sure that you are in a safeguarded place, maybe even a shelter for abuse victims, because they will come looking for you. They may damage your property, but it's better I prepare you for this now than you never know. And escaping the abuser physically doesn't necessarily mean that you've escaped them in your heart. In the Bible, it says to guard your heart and the issues of life flow from it. And it also says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. 
So paraphrase, it's like the song, Why Do Fools Fall In Love? You can be foolishly in love. Your heart can deceive you. So why are you following it? All of my women listeners, we are capable to love hard because of our maternal instinct. Maternal instinct looks past faults, flaws, and sometimes danger. Don't ignore warning signs. These incidents and red flags have come up to warn you about the future. Most times, the situation doesn't improve. It gets worse. So it's best to put safeguards in place for yourself physically and for your heart emotionally. And our next section of this article is forgive yourself. I had a hard time forgiving myself and loving myself. I deprived myself from food, from music, from joy, because I believed that I was worth being punished. You see, I became accustomed to punishment. The abuser in my past would make sure that I never do the things that brought me joy or the things that I dreamed of. My love language is quality time, so he denied me of any quality time with him, especially one-on-one. Every conversation turned into a put-down where he would say that I wasn't smart enough or on his level to even have a conversation with. So I began to deny myself quality time, music, and doing the things that I love. I began to hate me. I remember having joy and smiling everywhere I went. Um, almost as if I had a permanent smile like Joel Osteen. And that's one special characteristic people who knew me would identify about me. Day by day, my joy was snuffed out by this man. But I'm reclaiming it. I'm reclaiming my joy. So I forgive and, I'm, I, and I forgive myself. I'm not perfect, and if anything, I've gained insight that I can share. The more you don't forgive yourself, the more you're inflicting yourself with pain. Or if you haven't forgiven them yet, please start with yourself. The last point in the article is to take back your story, which I love the points that the author makes in this. And it starts with abusive false narratives can sound like a, sound a lot like uh, different things. Among the many types of lies abusers tell their victims, the receiving partner may be told they are incapable of living their life without the abuser, that they are damaged goods in some way, or that somebody else will not love them. This is also a form of gaslighting. The abuser is attempting to change your reality by altering the way you see yourself. The Conflicting emotions from being told a false harmful story about yourself from someone that you trust or love can be heavily damaging and with long-lasting effects. After an emotionally abusive relationship, the lies that the abuser told you about you may continue to affect the way that you see yourself. And I agree. Take your story back. Most abusers are going to lie and deny the abuse, which is gaslighting. Try to distort the reality of what occurred. Listen, you aren't crazy. You know what you've been through. You know what you encountered. The mistreatment was real. And if no one believes you, believe it for yourself. You saw it. God saw it. And on the other side, there's a person or persons with a dark heart that will not admit they were wrong. The last point I want to make is during separation from the abuse or after attack, survivors sometimes come down with Stockholm Syndrome or a form 
or or form trauma bonds where they have sympathy for the abuser and feelings of trust towards them. Some of you have heard of the cycle of abuse or love bombing or the honeymoon phase. Well, the honeymoon phase is always followed by the period of devaluation where the abuser puts you down, ignores you, gaslights you, neglects you, cheats on you, assaults you, and beats you, or beats you, I want to say. Then after that, y'all make up or have, you know, some kind of honeymoon period. Either way, it's called a trauma bond. Because why on earth would you ever expect the same person who hurt you to heal you? And that's how we delay our own healing. We keep looking back, going back, wishing the same person who hurt us could heal us. And they can't. Thinking, if I, just, if I was just a different person, maybe they would treat me better. The abuser is not capable of healing you or loving you the proper way. This person is not even capable of healing themselves because they have to be a broken individual to be operating in a level void of sympathy or concern and their maltreatment toward you. Put the burden on yourself to heal. Better yet, put the burden on God. Allow God to help you process those painful memories, the rejection, the anguish, or the questions of, God, why did this happen to me? It won't happen overnight, but you have got to manage your healing. Acknowledge what has happened. Acknowledge it was unhealthy. Acknowledge how it made you feel. Acknowledge you need time to mourn. And know it wasn't your fault. In spite of what happened, you need to give yourself the time and space to heal. You deserve to heal. And I would encourage you to read this article. It can be found on Uplift connect.com all right today's devotional is called filthy rags about a week ago i was watching an interview on one of these talk shows and it may have been on the reel or something similar but the guest said that we are filthy rags to god and this gets to me that we live in this day and age where we have information at our fingertips but we still believe words that have been distorted Now, all she had to do was just pick up her Bible to see she was misquoting scripture. And this lady is not the first person I've heard misquote this scripture. Let me directly quote the scripture she is referencing. The scripture can be found in the Old Testament of the Bible in the book of Isaiah, the 64th chapter, verse 6. The New International Version states, All of us have become like one who is unclean. And our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf. And like the wind, our sins sweep us away. And if you want to understand the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5.21 explains that God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So when the word says the righteousness is like filthy rags, it's saying like, it's saying we're trying to come to God with our good deeds, with our concept of of morality, but it's not us that's the filthy rags. It's our deeds. So if God doesn't regard us as filthy rags, 
Who are men to regard you as a filthy rag? God loves you and thought you were worthy enough to send his son down to reconcile you unto himself. Some of you have been talked down on, verbally abused, spat on, even religious folks have turned their nose up at you and have made you feel bad about yourself, making your nightmare worse. But I'm here to tell you that God loves you. You are not a filthy rag to him. He made you to be loved. He made you to be loved by him. And for you to be an expression of his love in a dark and filthy world. He loves you with a pure love and everlasting love. And if someone tells you that showing love is telling you that you are a filthy rag, they're not telling the truth. Let me tell you what love is. And I'm reading this from 1 Corinthians 13, 4. And this is from the Amplified Version. This is what love is. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful. And let's just stop there with love is kind. And there's nothing kind about someone, anyone telling you, including yourself, that you are nothing but a filthy rag to be tossed around by God. God loves us. God loves you. If you don't believe it, believe it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining me in the first podcast. Please look out for my next episode in two weeks where I anticipate having special guest Pastor Christy Miranda as she shares her testimony. I promise you don't want to miss it. In the meantime, we're going to hold each other accountable to heal, okay? And if you're trapped in an abusive relationship, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one 800 799-7233. However, for any emergency, always dial 911. I love you guys. God loves you. And I pray you have God's blessings, prosperity, and the inner peace of God that surpasses all understanding until we can chat again.